the girl. Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Get ready for your lonely girl and leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's raining. Ben. Hello, yes, uh, it is raining, Ben. And I can prove that because I am Ben. But of course, as I always say, I'm not alone uh, in my rain. I'm not the only one raining down. I'm actually joined by two guests this week. Uh, it's the new thing we're trying out. Uh, two is better than one, three is a crowd. I like crowds. So I'm joined today by Joe. Say hello, Joe. Hello. And Lizzie. Hi. Hey, Lizzie. So is this your, your, your first time on radio, guys, or is this uh, your old old hands i have a, a limited amount of experience with student radio okay where i interviewed some very um middle of the road drum and bass djs for my friend's <laughs> radio show okay you're like a roving reporter type thing he went out and did some uh, interviews with uh dj tb and mampy swift as well tb is in tuberculosis <laughs> i'm assuming no okay yeah he was a, he was a norwegian that was a producer, serious question yeah. but i realized that obviously that was a stupid <laughs> question uh, also I mean, you, you could be maybe insensitive to his part of the drum and bass scene. I don't know. <laughs> Unless, of course, he was trying to target TB and improve the situation. Uh, and Lizzie, yourself? Um, I have a little bit of experience when I was at university as well. Mm-hmm. Myself and my friend used to have a show which was pretty terrible, ah. um, but entertaining. I think it was only played out into the refectory, so we'd talk about... <laughs> Various oh, that's interesting, interesting things like the cost of a double decker. It's. I mean, was it rising at the time? Um, I I don't know. I think it was. I think we were in comp- competition with the homemade cakes as well. I think there was a bit of variation in prices between right. chocolate bars and the homemade cakes, which were probably a lot more expensive. It could have been a big issue at the particular campus, the particular time. I, I think I, so. We, no one listening can tell. We're talking so two, let's just talking say... 2000, 2001. Oh, well, that, that's beyond my that capabilities of memory. <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a nice tactic to play it into a factory in a kind of forced listenership yeah. system. I like that because a lot of student radio <laughs> just relies on everyone logging into an online and no one does. Um, all my friends who did student radio, nobody listened to them. But in this case, great. Yeah, you know, you will have heard it because yeah, it's a bit big, bro- food, big brother-esque, really, listen. isn't it? They're, they're going there to get their double deckers, and they they listen to my <laughs> mine and Lottie's voices. Ah, but... you're clever. You're targeting. You're targeting yeah, to the audience. Exactly. We know they're eating. It's like when um, what's his name? Uh, was Lily Savage says like he, you know he focuses his his show around the fact that he knows it's about tea time. You know, finishes mm. off with a like go and have your tea kind of ending. Yeah, because he knows it's about that time. Anyway, we should probably play a song before we get onto the questions section, which is the first section. Uh, usually, I uh, ask people to uh, contribute some songs, but seeing as uh, I didn't really ask you to, um, mm. you, you didn't, and that's fair because I didn't ask you to. Instead, what happened was about a minute before doing well this, I threw together uh, six songs by David Bowie because I've just been oh great not really listening to anything else that's, recently. That's good though because I would have chosen a David Bowie song, well, that's good. at least one, possibly two. Well, that was the, the problem I had was like I I could try and be more selective, but. Um, if I if I put in two, it would look lazy. So I thought if I put in six, it'll look like a decision. And it's probably quite wise because Joe probably would have chosen a drum and bass DJ. <laughs> Old TB would have got on the yeah. radio. Yeah, probably would have done. Yeah. So here is a song called, uh, oh, actually, I can't really say that, um, Queen Female Dog. <coughs> That's the name of this song.
the song. I uh, see. I was going to do the radio thing, but I've just admitted that I can't actually say the name of the song because well, I don't know. Maybe I can. Can you say the name of a female dog if it's used in an aggressive way? Mm-hmm. I think so. You yeah. can, yeah. Okay, is that okay on the radio? I think I'm so. glad I'm asking you guys. I feel like I should be the one to know. I allow it. You allow. Okay, good. Well, that's a song called Queen Bitch by David Bowie. Maybe you just said bitch on the radio. I, I'm disappointed in myself. It's not the first time I've had swearing on the show because I invited on some friends who were a bit hungover and they lost control of their tongues. But it's the first time I've done it. Mm. So there it's we okay. Go. It happens. I I swore in yoga class earlier on. Okay. And apologised in um, afterwards. Pregnancy based yoga class. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's very relaxed, and I said a rude word. Oh wow! In the opening circle. In response to what? Um. Everyone goes around and talks about how their week's been right. over a cup of chamomile tea mm. before we do some very mild stretching. And I was just talking about, I can't remember now, something that, was, something that happened at the weekend and I I said the S word. I think that well, that's reasonable if the context And apologised is... for swearing in yoga because it didn't seem like the right environment. It depends on the word though, I feel like that's a word where maybe, you know, you were describing your week. Mm. That was part. Of, the S word was part of your week. Yeah. If you'd referred to somebody in the group as a C word, maybe that would have been less appropriate. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. That might have been a bit out of the blue. I might have got chucked out. I think that would have been reasonable, <laughs> unless they were again context. Maybe they yeah. were being. But let's go into the question section now because mm. that's what we do around this time in the show. Uh, it's got a jingle because well, I like jingles. Uh, it goes like this: question section, question section, question section. <laughs> All the better ones. Uh, so, nail down a few because I've mentioned before on this show. I, I always forget to say at the very opening lines, we are trying to solve the world's problems here. We're trying to come to some kind of uh, decisions. So this is the quick fire section. We just get a few out of the way. Some of the smaller ones. So, where do you prefer to stand at a house party? It's quite a personalised one. I'm going to ask Joe first. I'm going to say in the kitchen because we came to your house party on Saturday and we ended up standing in the kitchen. It is not a coincidence this question came to mind. It was in response to that <laughs> exact party. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously your lounge is there, beautiful lounge, mm-hmm. lovely, warm, you know, sofas, very comfortable. And we end up standing in the sit- kitchen, oh, yeah. leaning against the, uh, of course, yeah, yeah, the standard kitchen behavior. unit. Yeah, it's standard, standard house party behaviour. I mean, I feel like the, you provide the lounge uh, so as to, yeah, you you expect it to be ignored. Until the later part of the evening. It's like the retiring room or something. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know what it speaks to, though. It speaks to some desire to... I don't know. I don't know. Like, not, be, not being physically so comfortable that you kind of... Your brain slows down or something. Maybe, like, trying to stay sharp. I'm never sure, because I'm always in the kitchen myself. I think with, generally with house parties, historically, the booze has always been in the kitchen. Oh, I see. It's proximity to the alcohol. That's what I think. <laughs> the shortest possible yeah. distance. Like people who sit at the bar in a pub. We had some great house parties at university. We had a kung fu house party, kung fu house party. in which my friend Finn wore a very undersized karate suit. I mean, he's not a very tall chap. Okay, was vertically challenged is probably what we should say right, on right. the radio. He's not very. He's very vertically challenged. Kind of challenges and not. Maybe it gives him a bonus. Yeah, and he vertically wore, bonused. So I think he was wearing a child's karate suit. Yeah, it was a good, very good party. That one It was excellent. So was everyone ninjas, or was it just he decided it was a ninja theme? Because I mean, that would be a great idea to bring up at the last second. Yeah, I mean, I think he was Karate Kid. He would have to have been Karate Kid with that. <laughs> okay. If you only had one regret, uh, what would it be and what drink would you buy it to say sorry, Lizzie? If I only had one regret? Yeah. If you only have, if you only had one regret, I could say have, actually, that's more accurate. Uh, what would it be and what drink would you buy it to say sorry? Hmm. Um, I think 
in the past I've been very hard on myself mm. with various things and I think now at the the grand old age of 35 mm. I can look back on those times and think actually and question why why was I so hard on myself and mm. I think what a drink I'd buy myself then would be you're buying the uh, oh buying the regretted drink yeah, yeah no, it's, well I'll be clear on that uh, a, a Bailey's that's a good choice. That is a good way to soothe because something. it's very comforting. Mm. It's got the chocolate, mm. um, and also I suppose if you were being harsh on yourself for things like indulgence, mm. then obviously you're saying, "Look, have a Bailey's." It's a comforting drink. Be indulgent. I think that emo- that regret would enjoy it. Do you have a, an ice cube in there or two, perhaps? Just go for one. Just one. Yeah. That's a good choice as well. I always mm. advise one when we serve it in the bar. Looks good with two, but you can end up with yeah. watery Bailey's. Uh, considering the song was written in 1958 and medical science has come a long way since then, is there still no cure for the summertime blues? Joan? I'd say uh, cricket is the cure for summertime blues. That's a good answer. Without wanting to sound very uh, nerdy. <laughs> Don't worry, this is a very British show. Uh, it's <laughs> it's good to have someone sort of challenging my level of Britishness with an equal level, of, if not a superior level of Britishness. So, The good old sound of uh, yeah, it's a, Leather it's and Willow. A, it's a good... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You could probably use that as an album uh, through QVC anyway. When you should you say no? Lizzie, for that one. Probably to that third glass of Bailey's. Very good. Why are summer clothes bright and winter clothes muted when summer is already bright and winter muted? That's a good question. Mm. It troubled me the other day. You can blend in more. That's true. You mean, say if you knew a predator was coming, yeah. you wouldn't be less likely to get caught. Say you were in a flowery meadow and a crow was yes. going to attack you. Right, you see. could uh, blend in with your bright colour clothing. Point. We yeah. have we have to forget. We sorry, it's it's too easy to forget. We should not forget um, that you know we're still very much part of the world and its cycles, and we're not outside the realm of being prey. Too easy to forget that sometimes. Maybe I, sh- I shouldn't question everything. Something's left as they are. Are there enough hours in the day? And if not, how many should there be? Um, I think there's oh, how many definitely would be enough, enough hours. To be specific? There's definitely enough hours in the day for me at the moment. Right. Um, would you have less? Um, well, I, I'm I'm a big sleeper, right. and I I like to get about between eight and nine hours of sleep. Mm. More likely, nine hours of sleep a night. Right. Um, even though I read something the other day about. Said the optimum amount of sleep is seven hours for most people. Yeah, most people. Most people. But that's most people. That's just I'm most not most people, people. No, and exactly. I like that's so that. So if I if there were less hours in the day, I would struggle getting those hours of sleep. I was going to say, I mean, but proportionally, you might maybe you'd end up needing less because the day would be. I guess so. Like you'd end up if it's like what you want is slightly more than a third of the day to be sleep, then that amount of time becomes less. True, but so might I get less like sleep. I like sleeping. Though. Yeah. But I think, yeah, for me, there's definitely enough hours in a day. Right, just the right amount. Yeah. I mean, that's good because I, I couldn't do anything about that. That was a question I was going to have to leave with nothing but a bit of taste in your mouth because as much as we can probably <laughs> put some of these into practice, that one, mm, mm. unfortunately, beyond my grasp. I mean, I guess at some, you could, but at some point you hit the point where suddenly things were like, oh, it seems to be morning, but now it's dark. You know, that would be, be a rolling effect if I added an extra hour into the day mm. where at some point things would go wrong. I think as well, you've just got to call things a day. And <laughs> just call it a day. Call it a day. I like that. Okay, let's have some more of the David Bowie. Because, well, Great. well, why not? This is a song called Lady Grinning Soul off one of his albums. 
I forget which one. I'm going to go with Aladdin Sane. That seems right, doesn't it? Yeah, let's go with that. So, we're back here on It's Raining Ben, and uh, yeah, I'm with Joe and Lizzie. Still here, guys? Still here, yeah. Yep. Still here. That's good. Because this is your section now. I've been I've been dominating the mic in terms of topic choices, but now it's up to you guys. And uh, in order to get you in the vibe, I've made you a jingle, especially for you, a single-use jingle, as I, as I like to call them. In fact, the phrase single-use jingle has itself a jingle, so I might as well play that now. I'm no singer, but I can sing a single-use jingle. That's the jingle about jingles. Uh, but the jingle I've written for you is, is the actual single-use jingle. Um, uh, you'll recognise it's you because your name's in it. Um, and, and nothing else, actually. Just so, yeah. Here we go. Talk to me. That's part of the jingle, that isn't me. I mean, I realised after I mixed that that me saying talk to me would just sound like I just said it now, but that's part of the jingle. Can I just pull you off on your use of a single-use jingle? I mean, it's not really very transition sound sort of nest, is it? You're just making it and throwing it away. I see your point. That's, that's where energy I could have spent better, maybe, yeah. I know every time I make a jingle, it is, I mean, it goes straight to the dump. I don't even recycle it. Not exactly, once. no. I mean, you guys can recycle it if you like. You can take it into the world and make it make it somehow useful for yourselves. Or oh, unless you found another couple called, called Joe and Lizzie. That is a very good point. There's, I do, if I just run through Are there any out of, there? I'm sure we could find it. I mean, right it's easier. In. I've had Rowan and Ziggy as my last pair. It's mm. unlikely I'll run into another <laughs> Rowan and Ziggy pair who happened to want to come no. to a show. I mean, yeah, that is an interesting point. Maybe I should just... I was going to repeat my, my guests. I've already done a few repeats. Maybe I should just find people with the same names mm. and then just do repeat shows with the same questions, the same topics and the same jingle. But different people. Yeah. That's high concept radio right there. I think you'd be idea. all right there if you took a guy called another person called Rowan, mm. who had a Ziggy like off of Quantum Leap. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you could Ziggy. bring yeah. him along as well. And then you'd, he could make bleep bleep sounds and give us answers. You could. Re- I mean, that's Google, Google basically, isn't it? I mean, that's what we try to avoid because whenever we bring up topics that actually have answers, we have to resist the urge to find them out. Uh, that's often the problem we have on this show: is mm. resisting knowing real facts and having to go with opinions and worked out in our head facts. Yeah, we try to. To represent an older time, a simpler time. People didn't know stuff. You know, they were less experts. Time before facts. Anyway, yeah. I'm turning into satire, silliness. Do you want to bring a topic to the show? Um, yeah, we thought we'd talk about cycle touring and how it's mm. a good way to connect with people and to understand the world. I mean, I mean this is off the back of a cycle tour you did yourselves, I believe. I think, yeah, I think for people who know us, 
this is probably quite um, expected mm. to talk about this, but um, it is on the back of a tour we did. Um, but I think what we wanted to talk about was not just about the act of riding a bike, but the act of being a cyclist and being in another part of the world that mm. you don't know. Um, and how positive an experience that can be because of the people that you that you meet on your journey and how the bike is a, a tool for breaking down boundaries. Hmm. So you feel like people react to you differently if you turn up on a bike in their town than if you turn up in a car or some such thing? Uh, yes. And we have had experience of that around the world in our, our, our tour. Um, we've also had experience of that in the UK, haven't we? Where we turned up in a town in Shropshire and we had no place to stay we didn't have our tent with us and I remember we we met this couple had you planned to have a tent with you incidentally was that the intention? no this is a trip without this is a trip with youth hostels I see not tent I see I see I see um, which limited our options somewhat but anyway and this is this is before yeah, a lot of places left out. this is before sort of well, it was inset time but it was before we had smartphones and access mm. you know there weren't any 3Gs or 4Gs around um, and Barely we, even a single G. In fact, there was just one, and it was in the alphabet. Exactly. Mm. So we, to cut a long story short, we ended up staying with this with this couple, and they got the yellow the yellow pages book out, didn't they, to make some phone calls to some nearby hotels. This is really dating your story, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Discovering that they they couldn't find anywhere for us either, so we just slept in their spare room. Yeah, which was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really lovely because in the UK, I often think that's not something that I would do is go and ask people if I could stay in their garden or mm. you know camp in their garden or stay in their house but actually it's it you know we're, we're a very friendly well, island as by well by not being asked it seems to be that's the way it seems it works is that if people are happy to offer and are comfortable to yeah but to be asked is the issue I think we're I'd say most people have that problem but it's certainly a problem I'm aware of in, in this country is the idea of being asked for something someone says can I have a thing out of the blue someone you don't really know or even someone you know and immediately there's an instinctual move to not provide that thing and to run away from the situation whereas as soon as you're in the position where you're given the chance to offer it's it's yeah I guess the control remains with you and you just feel good about yourself by doing it mm. you go oh I'm just so nice gave those people a thing they didn't even ask and I gave them a thing <laughs> but also I guess you don't assume any kind of ulterior motive where was no. that tour you took um, well, we started off in the UK and we cycled to Malta. Okay. And then we <laughs> that's, that's substantial, yeah. did a bit more cycling around Europe and took a container ship from Spain to Buenos Aires. Okay. And then we took a bus to the bottom of Buenos Aires, up to the bottom of Argentina, right. to a place called Ushuaia. Yeah. And then we cycled from Ushuaia to Colombia. Right. More or less. Okay, yeah, that's a good tour. Yeah, I, I made it for us France on my one. We took a train over. Cycle so around France for a bit for two months hmm. and then came back. Intended to get further, didn't. That that counts as a tour, I think. I think that yeah. counts, Oh, that's um, a solid tour. Yeah, that, def- that defines. I you think must that, have yeah. seen a good amount of France. Two we months. definitely saw a lot of France. I mean, that was the that's beautiful great. thing, as you say about it, is that you see everything because yeah. there's no other way to get somewhere apart from seeing things on the way. Hmm. You don't get onto a road which skips out life. You have to go on smaller roads and you have to physically cover every bit of it with just you and your, your legs and your wheels. It provides us with a nice analogy for life, really, uh, Ben, because you can't skip the so-called boring bits. Yeah. I remember my mum, when we were cycling through the desert in Argentina, said to me, I think it was my mum, but 
about how 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 bland the series must have been because mm. we've seen the same thing every day mm. and there wasn't much everything seemed appeared to look the same every day mm. like the same flat ground the the gravel the the, the vista was just the same mm-hmm. but i didn't find it boring every day was different yeah even though it did look the same yeah well it just reshifts re- your focus i mean we spent um some time cycling through um what were they now? some kind of wood forest but plantation stuff where it is insanely boring it's just straight roads mm. with trees on either side and nothing happening we were doing that for about three days and yeah you just sort of shift focus so i guess you could say inward if you want to get deep about it but also just to i don't know talking to each other um getting very well acquainted with what it's like to be inside a french uh, plantation forest i now am very <laughs> comfortable with what that's like and i've done that but like i say yeah, yeah you d- the difference is that you don't you don't think about the the journey as as, as destination because you can't because mm. it's too far away there is and once you get there all you're probably going to do is leave again and get on a bike so mm. yeah refocusing it is helpful I think like you say if we can take anything from away from this it is uh yeah I, I can't I can't I was about to try to really sincerely say it's about the journey not the destination but I can't I can't you can say that you I said can't it pull that it's, off. it's fine should I try and say it in a joke can you try and say that in a very sincere voice as if it's never been said before um like it's no, just I, occurring I to, to you I want to say that uh somebody I was reading somebody's website who had a blog and I think their um blog was called these places in between which i think right. probably sums it up in a that's a nice name but it's the journey that's a better way of not the destination there we go <laughs> that's as if it just occurred to me and i said it like that i like that all right then well i think we should go to a song and we'll come back with a bit more uh chat mm. sound like a good idea excellent how about some more yeah. david bowie i think well that's un- uncanny you should say that because i happen to have another one this one's called be my wife oh quite aggressive I mean you don't have to be but if you want to be okay there's no demands from Barry I mean he can't anymore he has no he has no demanding power he has no he has no purchase okay here's David Barry the song called Be My Wife I would have been his wife if he just asked but it's too late now isn't it David Yes, uh, so we've got uh, a new section I wanted to run by you guys. I'm not sure if it's going to work. It's it's gambling the idea that an idea that's um, meaninglessness enough, meaningless, mean something like that, enough to be interesting might be interesting. Should we try it out? Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So there's a section called Desert Island Hotels. Um, not trying to ask you to take your which seven hotels you take to Desert Island because that would you would only really need one depends how privileged you really feel um more to define the perfect hotel i say this as a person who's never really been to hotels i'm just trying to make my dreams come true you know if i was going to pick one what would it be so first the, the rest i'll go through all the sections first so we've got your the person you meet when you arrive at the door the sort of bellhop kind of guy then it's the guy who meets you at the desk say the like uh concierge type person maybe the manager the guy who guides you to a room the the style of the room in this hotel or styles maybe the restaurant uh, and the bar these are the sections we need to define you can either obviously choose your own you could confer between you it's up to you guys mm. okay what do you fancy doing you gonna go can you go independent on this you're gonna try and come up with uh, a with a joining factor given that most of the time we'd probably go and we'd probably stay in this hotel together well that's it um 
I think we should confer. This could be like one of these 1980s uh, board games where it like forces couples to realise splits in their relationship. And then we right? might argue about it. Yeah, I hope it's not. Uh, and then one of us might walk out. Like that. I mean, that would be good radio. I've never had a walk out before. We'll do it. Find out. Let's try. So, first one. Guy at the door, bellhop type guy. Well, I was thinking... What kind of character you're after? You what know, kind of person you're after? What kind of situation you're after? Initially, I just kind of thought, you know... Grant Mitchell mm. from EastEnders just to keep the riffraff really? out but I mean he, he's probably slightly aggressive to have, it might not be a nice welcome might not be a very nice welcome you might feel secure it's, it's a toss up but was the, I mean we were talking a bit about Labyrinth earlier not on the radio but um, mm. there was there a guy at the start of the Labyrinth a little man who's the keeper of the key oh Hoggle Maybe we could have oh. Hoggle, oh, we could have Hoggle yeah we yeah, could have Hoggle that's actually a brilliant idea he could, he could be there oh, he'd, be he'd great. probably be slightly confusing but then he would he would just make sure that you got the right sort of people. He was a bit deceitful, he? though, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he had his own interests at heart, but then every bellhop does. When I mean, came, at the end of the day, they're working yeah. for tips, aren't they? They're not, they're not actually your friend. You, but you trust that they, they know what's going on. They're, they're, they're not just showy. They're, 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 you know, they know the job, I guess. He mm. knows the job, rather. It's a solid choice. Okay, I'm happy with that choice, Jay. Good. That's good. Yeah. Sure I shouldn't be influencing the decisions. No, it's Are good. You happy with that <laughs> I'm very happy with that choice. Okay. Yeah. Good. Hoggle. Okay, we're well, yeah. moving inside now. You've arrived at the desk first person to greet you I mean there might not even be a desk I mean this is your place you arrive inside the hotel what happens um well given that we've we're listening to a lot of David Bowie in this hour I would like to have David Bowie greet me okay that is that would be he a, could a good as start. we walk in he could be singing he could be would he be dressed like his character Jareth from uh, yes Labyrinth yes because well, there's a lot of David Bowie to choose from. You have to choose an era. I would definitely go for him because when I was younger, I used to watch Labyrinth a lot. Yeah. I was quite afraid of him, but quite attracted to him as well. Of course, that's the natural reaction. He wasn't. Hmm. Yeah, he, th- those, he threatens and he entices in yeah. equal measure when you're a young child because he doesn't he doesn't really play into any expected thing at any point. The fact that he's got a giant codpiece and he's in a children's film, and he's throwing a baby in the air. I don't think that's a codpiece. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, either way. So, I mean, so far we've got a labyrinth-themed hotel. I mean, I'm not going to have a problem with that, but we'll see where it goes from here. Okay, now, I guess we're taking it in turns. This is quite working. I mean, assuming <laughs> yeah, that you, just... Joe, agree with David Barry being on the on the entrance. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a strong choice. Okay, who guides you to your room, then? I don't know. I mean, I think you need, at this point, obviously, if we're going to move away from it being a labyrinth hotel... Mm, I think so. But we, we also need that somebody to be taking you on an adventure, because it's going right. to be an exciting journey this mm. staying in this hotel so i was thinking maybe maybe bruce parry okay or or um <laughs> um definitely not bear grills because i just think he's a bit fake no no, no. um I wouldn't that. and i love ray mears but i think bruce is the man yeah. for this job i think you'd have more interesting stories to tell on route i think bear would probably and bo- both of the survivalist ones would probably be a bit bored in that context bruce really parry would be entertaining yeah i would possibly like indiana jones though <laughs> because like, yeah, the sort of the if I was straggling the up the first, stairs, yeah. he would definitely be carrying my bag for me, mm. and then he'd lasso me if Again, I was struggling. Sort of, it seems like you're sort of engineering situations in which to meet people you were attracted to as a young person. I is... didn't say that. No, I mean I'm, I'm only observing. Yeah. I'm only observer here. Would there would the lift be that thing in the um, in the Temple of Doom where the guy gets in and goes, "Mum Shabar, Mum Shabar"? Yeah. So he'd put them in the lift. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. Let's stick with Bruce Parry actually, <laughs> just to avoid the possibility of that happening. Okay, mm. so now you've arrived at your room. Um, what's the room like? Oh, pink with flowers. Oh, good. 
I assumed as much. I think you've got to have hammocks. I mean, hammocks are great, aren't they? Everyone loves a hammock. A hammock would be very very good. I'd probably have one each. I'm not sure it's great for sharing sleep. We've tried that before. I think definitely, even in a big hammock as well, it's not that fun. One hammock each. Not necessarily for sleeping, just general hammocks for lounging. Okay, Um, so you've got hammocks, but you might also have a bed. Yeah, Or maybe you'd have bed hammocks and day hammocks, and then breakfast hammocks, lunch hammocks. And it's got to have a balcony. Okay, with Mm. a hammock. It's my dream place. Yeah, a balcony, balcony would be great. Yeah, you've yeah. got to have a balcony. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Lizzie on that. So it's a room entirely furnished by hammocks with a balcony. I think a room just for sleeping. Is that Rooms should be for sleeping, yeah. You've generally. got other things to do. You're, you're not going to live in this hotel. I mean, no. Admittedly, it's probably the best place in this town. I don't know what the rest of this imaginary town's like, but this is a pretty good place. Mm. Okay, so now we're going downstairs to get some food. Maybe I'll drink first. We'll go to the bar first. It makes more sense. So you go to the bar. I think it needs to be mm. a kind of a beach shack kind of bar. Right. They're going to serve, you know, rum out of coconuts, um, cold Coronas with lime in, and probably some sort of like fish tacos or something. But this well. is an outside one, right? This isn't like a fake one inside in a cold country. So you're me, assuming you're somewhere warm we, at this point. Yeah, I'm going yeah, for Yeah, I think warm. so. It's got to be warm. Yeah, it's got to be an outside bar. So this yeah. this hotel opens up onto the beach where there's bars. Definitely. Oh, yes. Oh, it's like semi-inside, outside, isn't there? And there's some more hammocks downstairs as well. Of course, more hammocks. Yeah. Let's distribute hammocks roughly throughout yeah. the building. Yeah. Okay, well, now you've had a drink, popping into the restaurant. What kind of restaurant are you really looking for here? Oh, um... I like your, I liked how you just mentioned the fish tacos because mm. Mexican food. So a place is that exclusively serves probably... fish tacos. Yeah. Another other just like beach um, style, like maybe ceviche and possibly some. Uh, lots of good fish. Yeah, there's a dish mm. that we've had before called encocado, which is like a coconutty fish mm. stew, that sort of thing. That Places been... that have a limited menu, you know, are probably going to do those things well. So if it is yeah. exclusively those three things, ceviche, that word you just said. And fish tacos, and that's their mm. that's their that'd deal. That'd be delicious. Yeah, that'd be amazing. So it depends what mood I'm in. Mean, I also I'm a big fan of curry, so I'd have to. So like an Indian slash <laughs> beach fish Caribbean restaurant. style. Yeah. Okay, I mean that could work. Yeah. I've been to a place called Jimmy Spices where they have like seven cuisines. They're quite good at all of them. Maybe you've got two excellent chefs, and they sort of have a separate kitchen each. Yeah, we yeah. don't serve within into one center arena, like a food court in a mall, but yeah. nicer. Yeah, because generally I don't like those, but actually, so what I'm explaining is probably good. not good, but, but I think good. I would, I mean, I think I would like it. Yeah, there's no reason why not. I would probably actually just, at my personal level, I pro- now I'm thinking about it, just have a, a world cuisine buffet, but just done well, because yeah. there's never really a meal where I don't kind of want everything. It's like that line mm. by, uh, what's his name, I can't remember, the comedian, he said, are you fat? Are you fat? Do you look at the menu and say, okay, I would, I will be fat one day for that exact reason. <laughs> Anyway, we should probably go to a song because I don't want to lose too much time so we can actually get some role playing in. Yes. All right. Excellent. So here's a song called uh, Sweet Thing. Yeah. finished our journey through Barry, but we have um, begun it's a good little theme here isn't it we have begun our journey through the world of Shia LaBeouf are you ready for this guys mm-hmm. yeah. I'm ready yeah I mean yeah. I, I'm aware that you probably haven't heard every single episode because no one in their right mind would have done uh, so I'm going to give you a full little intro here 
it's quite a lot of detail. Um, you probably need to know most of it, mainly focus on the last few lines. That's probably that's like the most recent things that have happened to the character. You gonna play as one person or two? We can make it work with two. Um, let's play two. Let's okay. do two. Yeah. Okay. For this, for, for the sake of this, you are two people then. Okay. okay. So let us go. Life is full of surprises. You'd often heard it said, but in your youthful vigour, you'd always taken it with a grain of salt. Life is generally pretty predictable, you thought. Things happen, but nothing that unexpected, you thought. Let alone surprising, you thought. That was until you and your friend walked casually into a local wood on a warm Friday evening, with the intention to find some fun, and instead found a world turned upside down. After a brief period of partying, you and your friends fell into a mysterious slumber. On waking, the rest were nowhere to be seen, and all that there was was a naked and determinedly cannibalistic Shia LaBeouf, determinedly trying to eat you. You escaped him at that first encounter, and several more times as you journeyed through these strange woods. At each encounter, you met one of a ragtag series of celebrities, who inexplicably gave their life to save yours. Eventually, you found your way out of the wood, and then to a village, where you visited the local pub, Fort Shire again with the help of a man named Bob, with half a vortex in his face, as you may remember, and then took refuge in the church, where a vicar named Jill with magical powers accidentally made Shia LaBeouf 17 foot tall. You escaped again, this time with Jill in tow, by running along a secret passage under the church. You discovered a collection of rooms, where you equipped yourself with towels of warming and a sword hammer combo called a swammer. Before soothing your aching limbs in a boutique spa and then exiting through the gift shop into an abandoned holiday resort run by low-quality robots. Here you found Shire unconscious in a swimming pool. And taking the opportunity to end the bloody run of bloody violence, you snuck up to his limp form, raised your strummer high above your head, ready to deal a lethal blow. And that's where the story's reached so far. We froze framed at that point last time. So, I mean, obviously you could you could not bring the thing down. That is up to you. Uh, or you can continue to bring the swammer down into the head of Shia LaBeouf. It strikes me that the schwammer mm. may not be the correct tool. Okay. What tool would you prefer to use? Diplomacy? Mm. I think we should tickle him on the end of his toes with a feather duster. Okay. I mean, I you'll need to acquire a feather duster, but I'm sure you could. Like a chainsaw. Okay. But we've got a different opinion here. That's mm. okay. I mean, you could, but you could try both. It would be probably probably working one against the other. That's the only thing. A feather duster is probably not very practical, is it, in a swimming pool? It's, I mean... He's 17 foot, so I mean, his head's out one end, his body's, he's like in a bath, because he's very big. The pool is sort of like, it's one of those uh, small spa-style pools, because it's like a health resort. Mm. With a sort of salt and, and uh, you know, I don't know, something mineral. And you say he's scene. unconscious? Yes, he seems to have fallen asleep in the pool. Mm. Um, God, it's a tough one, isn't it? Let's just chainsaw the end of his toes off then. I just mean, you, his toes. You only have a schwammer, so I mean, if you, you can, oh, okay. it is a sword hammer combo, so you can probably do some some similar damage as you would with a chainsaw. There's always a risk if you start attacking him, he might just get angry and retaliate. He might possibly do that. I mean, it's a very good chance. I mean, he also might take the schwammer off us and use it on ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. it. Might be. I mean, it's that whole thing of carry a gun, mm. get shot. Expect to be used by that gun. Mm. 
can we run away? No. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. We can. You can engage, because this is the freeze frame point we find ourselves in, or you can choose to retreat. The last people are very impulsive, but you don't have to be them. No. I think we should probably... You are technically them, but you know what I mean. I think we should blindfold him first, just to confuse him a little bit, in case he comes out of his slumber. Do we have some kind of material? Well, you have towels of warming that you put Excellent. In, the, uh, in the spa. Excellent. So you could try and use those. I mean, they would be warm, which means you probably wouldn't notice them being applied. Let's stick them on. So, you're, okay, you fashion a a blindfold out of towels of warming and strap around his head. Of course, it's quite hard to actually get to the back of his head because that's touching He's so massive. the surface. We'll just poke them into his ears. That's clever. You could just like hook, mm. yeah, or maybe hook them over like uh, glasses either way. But you sort of like secure them at his ears. Okay, that would work. So he is blindfolded but still asleep. But then I think I think we should run. Maybe just crawl away very slowly and yeah. silently. So I mean, we've encountered him. Do we need to actually do anything to him? I mean, what? No is he sure. is he a threat? I mean, he, right now he's asleep, so it's for the first time he isn't a threat. Okay, so let's calmly walk away and go back to our hotel and have a cocktail. <laughs> I no, mean, it's not your hotel. That's worth pointing out. Oh, it's a hotel you found. I thought it was our at. dream hotel. It could be. I mean, this could be your dream hotel. We haven't actually examined mm. it yet. We know it's. We know it's run by uh, low-quality robots, and we know that it's aimed at being a health kind of place. It's for right. unwinding. There was a bronze sculpture of Gillian McKeith we discovered last week, <laughs> uh, which shattered to reveal actual Gillian McKeith inside it. Um, she wasn't alive. Definitely. She was in a bronze sculpture. Yeah. So you know the kind of place you're in. Mm-hmm. It's probably not your ideal hotel. Okay. Sure. Um, well, the whole... I mean, I've listened to one of your shows, mm. and I believe that we, we are the aim is to try and tr- maybe not kill him the aim is up to you exactly oh, okay it's, so it's, our, it's our story you can you can try anything you like we're not you being could. very impulsive here joe are we no, no, consciousness no. is wise i mean you're at a point now where you could either try and kill him in one fell swoop or mm. you could uh, quite reasonably assume that i would probably prevent that in some form so as to allow the game to proceed so I can see, That's what I'm I thinking. Can see your consciousness, yeah. yes. I think uh, confusion is the way forward. So we've taken the towels of warming, we've uh, wrapped them around his ears. Yeah. Have we got have we got any other items at our disposal? Um, not really. We've got Jill, of course. There's Jill, the um, magical magical mm. vicar. She's still excellent, with you. Excellent. So could we give him some sort of... Um, she. Well, no, give Shear. Oh, I see. We want to we could prepare the last some... last time she touched him, it's worth pointing out. Mm. The, a magical power I'll have to explain for you. What she has is the ability... Whenever she touches something, it gets better. Unfortunately, in the case of Shia LaBeouf, when, when she touched him, when he ate her, um, he got better in the sense he got 17 foot tall, because that's a better cannibal. He ate her? Yeah, but she got better because she was touching herself, or because she can't help but touch herself, because she okay. is her. So she got better and crawled out of his mouth. Gosh. It's a tricky decision, isn't it? Mm. I was thinking of like we should make some sort of preparation. Get the robots to help us. Make some sort of preparation. You can make the robots better, actually. That's true. Jill could probably help you with that. Yeah. I think in this instance we run away. Okay. We dis- disable him. Which way do you run away? You've got a variety of options. There's uh, well, you've got a whole resort here. And do you want to examine the resort? I guess. Mm. See, we'll see what's around you. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay. To your north, you see the entrance of the main lobby section, uh, an entirely glass-fronted, very high-ceiling place with a waterfall running down inside. To the left is the bar, an outside kind of deal, not that far from Shire, probably not the best secure place, but you never know, you might be sleeping for ages. To the right is the restaurant. Behind you is the way you came in through the gift shop. There appears to be no exit. I think we need to coax Shire towards the waterfall. Okay, it's interesting. Not towards the gift shop where he could get some erasers. 
I mean, he might maybe he needs razors, and that's why he's so furious. <laughs> we haven't tested that theory. What are you going to do? What's the decision? You can try and wake him up and coax him somewhere. If we coax, if we wake him up, he's he's going to chase after us, isn't he? And he's big. He's and big. probably he's probably angry. Just at that point, you look around and see Shire's eyes are open. He looks at you first with confusion, and then with a slow, dawning, gentle realization. And he says to you quite a peaceful voice. Mum? Dad? What do you do? Say, son! <laughs> I says, Dad! I can't do a Shia LaBeouf impression. I, have to go I, think, I think we go with it. Okay, go Definitely. with it. Yeah. So you're gonna go He's with obviously it, okay. confused. Um... We say, son, it's time for your shower. Follow me coax him towards the waterfall he stands up a little bleary clearly having been soothed by the immensely powerful effect of a detox swimming pool and stumbles towards you a little unsteady on his feet I hold his hand you hold his gigantic hand and guide him towards the uh, the lobby towards the waterfall yeah okay so you enter the door unfortunately he uh, slams directly into the glass becoming a little bit less gentle he curses in a word that I can't say, and then you guide him underneath and into the lobby. What do you do now? Mum, Dad, I want to go home, says Shai. But before, before, before we can go home, Shia, it's important that you have a good wash and a clean. <laughs> but then when so we get Shire. home, we can have your favourite dessert. What is it? Neapolitan ice cream. <gasps> My favourite, says Shire. And I'll even make sure I take the strawberry off as well. <sighs> Mum, yeah. you know me so well. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, Joe takes his clothes off. I think, well, it's okay. Well, I think at this point, he's, mine he's, or he's shears? Been, he's been naked the whole time. Oh, he's been naked the whole time, fine. It's okay, he's already naked. Okay, so I think... You go in the shower with him, Joe. Oh, that's good. So you, you so you get you're going to get in the shower and sort of encourage him towards you. Mm. Okay. Start washing yourself. Show him yeah. how it's done. I don't want to show with you. Says Shia. I'm going to get him towards the waterfall. I'm going to climb it myself mm. and try and push a boulder over the edge onto him. Wow, it's dark. You climb up the waterfall. With every second you climb, you sense that Shia is getting less and less relaxed. He doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be showering, and the toll of that stress is getting to him. You reach the top of the thing, turn, start pushing the boulder, and below you see Shire looking back up, his hand on the boulder, his eyes soulless. He lunges towards you. He's now a cannibal again, basically. What do you do? Sacrifice Joe. <laughs> He grabs Joe and eats him. Oh. I'm sorry, but it makes sense because I'm probably going to have one guest next time, so yeah. this is convenient. Goodbye, Joe. Do you run? Uh, I make a dash for I'm it. I'm still while screaming as he Joe yes. eats my legs. Yeah, yeah. Eaten. Ah! He starts at the legs. No, so, oh, I don't know. I think he starts with the head first. 
Oh, that's nice. Just to make that's it sweet. a bit more sweet. Yeah. At least, you, at least she gave you that. You run down the corridor away from the lobby towards the second floor. You reach the second floor and dart down another corridor, heading towards some bedrooms. One of them is open. You leap inside and slam the door. And that's why we have to end because it's the end of the show. I'm a survivor. You are. I know that was that was the that is the first player death we've had because otherwise well it wouldn't have worked that was you you saw a good opportunity there that would have been a great segue into destiny's child survivor (laughs) as lizzie said i'm a survivor i mean frank we could break our bowie rule and just finish up on that if you'd like there are no rules should we do that instead then yeah let's do that okay well seeing as it is well yeah it's that moment we've got about a minute left that's perfect we should probably wrap up and i can say thank you very much for coming on the show and some solid role playing i mean the mum and dad thing i didn't see coming no. The improv is more is more a big factor of this show than the role playing than it used to be. It used to be quite structured. Now we sort of see where it goes. That's the beauty of it. I'm Excellent. looking forward yeah. to who's going to take that on next time and well, at this play mum. That's it. Exactly. There'll be mum, or I guess yeah, there'll be just there'll be mum. Mm. Well, I mean, not really, of course, or really, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is real. Let's see what happens. Maybe the character slash characters are actually his parents. God that Gosh. Jesus. There's so many levels in this. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks and, for having uh, us. Yeah. Pleasure, thank you. Yeah, so thank you to Joe. Thank you. Say goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. Thank you to Lizzie. Thank you. <laughs> Say goodbye, Lizzie. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm working on my exit. I haven't really got one yet. And goodbye from me, Ben. Now that you're out of my life, I'm for much better. You thought that I'd be weak without you, but I'm stronger.